Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 190. Today's episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast is brought to you by the Positive Productivity Pod, created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success without burnout. The pod offers weekly group coaching sessions, online courses, a private member community, and tons more. To learn more about the pod and to sign up, visit PositiveProductivityPod.com. See you on the inside. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy that you are here to join me today, and I'm also thrilled that you are here to join our guest, who I'm, well, thrilled is the word of the day, I guess, thrilled to introduce (laughs) Brandy Lawson, who is your chief online officer at Fiery FX. Brandy, welcome and welcome back. Well, thanks, Kim. I really, I actually love that we get to have another conversation. I just love chatting with you. Oh, I love it too. Sometimes tech glitches are for the very best reasons and I love having (laughs) continued conversations. Seriously, I've had, I've built bigger and better relationships with the guests who have come back multiple times due to my tech glitches. So (laughs) tech gods are are sending me a message. Do it more often. (laughs) I'm not going to quite listen. Brandy, Would you please introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them what you do and how you got to where you are today? Sure, sure. That's um, I'll try to make it uh, succinct. But yes, so um, as Kim mentioned, I am your chief online officer. Uh, Basically, business owners hire me to make the best digital decisions for their business. And that usually entails some of the digital marketing aspects. So making sure that Google find them. Uh, some of them are unintentionally hiding that their website is secure because honestly, it doesn't matter anything else I do. We could drive traffic. We could get you to page one of Google. We could do all of the things, but if your website isn't there tomorrow, none of that matters. So I've kind of got my soapbox out. Oh no, you can keep that security on open. Website. We'll talk about that some more. <laughs> Listeners, you better be. <laughs> and also just building the right foundation um, for your business, for your business, not just the shiny object, not just what's hot, not just what everyone else is using, but really making the right digital decisions for your business and getting a return on your investment of your time and energy. So that's that's how I help businesses. Um, how I got here, that's kind of a journey. My My parents opened a restaurant the year I was born, and uh, when I was eight, I was helping my dad do data entry because he'd written his own computer programs to track sales and payroll for this restaurant because his background was in engineering. Do not ask me why they decided to open a restaurant. Um, So that was sort of my first taste of technology in business. And then um, when I was in undergrad, I was getting a marketing degree and took a C++ class um, as no other marketer does. (laughs) And then I went to work for a technology company and my love of that intersection of marketing and technology grew uh, via the web. I uh, started as a marketing planner, but got sucked into the website and that sort of uh, evolved into becoming a product director. So then my last corporate gig was with the world's largest domain registrar and I was running uh, the system behind their email and calendar. I've been responsible for the website builder. So that, that intersection of, of, 
finding the, the real need and knowing what the technology can do and marrying those things together. So when that corporate gig ended, um, we found out a couple of weeks later that we were expecting our son. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll find another job. It's fine. And sort of long story short, when I ended up turning down a job with Microsoft, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to do my own thing. So that's kind of what has brought us in, in a roundabout way to here. I had forgotten. I'm going to start at the end and work our way back to the beginning. I had okay. forgotten that you mentioned that you had gotten pregnant right after you lost or that you had found out you were pregnant right after that, because I found out I was pregnant with our daughter, Navea the week I gave my notice that I was leaving my full-time job to do this full-time. What a scary time. Oh my goodness. But there was also that breath of relief of, oh my gosh, now I don't, because I was in a contract position where I wasn't going to get paid for any maternity leave. I mean, it was it was all going to be on my dime anyway. So why not just make it on my dime? Yeah. Well, that was the, that was the one as I was, you know, sitting with the HR person, cause I got locked out, like, you know, officially on record, I was fired. So that was a bit of a blow to my ego, but I'm sitting with the HR person and she's processing me out. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Cause I was in a, what I would call a fairly high risk position there. Nobody had been in that position for more than 12 months maximum. I was past that expiration date. So, you know, I had made peace before that with, you know, just it being over, but the thought ran through my head because at that point you, we had been sort of trying. I'm like, Oh crap. Well, it's fine. You know? And then we find out that I am, that we are expecting. And my husband's like, I'm sorry, you're what? You're, you're unemployed and what? I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll find another job. Brandy, I have been walked out myself. And the funny thing is, is that I had been unknowingly manifesting it myself for a while. I wasn't even introduced mm. to the law of attraction yet, but I had said more than a couple times, maybe today's the day I'll be fired because it was really <laughs> want to be there. So then that day came, I had actually been out with the flu for a few days. Mm. My annual review had come up. I went to the office with 103 or 104 fever with the flu. Like my eyes were so swollen. Okay. I had this hacking cough that you could hear on the other side of the office. And they actually told me that they just didn't want to do my review because they didn't want to all get sick. So I went home and then right. quite literally, I think two days later, I was walked out and I, I already said I didn't want to be there. But for some reason, it was the ego, the ego down trip. I was crying on my way to the parking lot and I am not a crier. Well, I mean, I cried to movies or to one select TV show that I will not mention my boys actually, sorry, the parallel tangent story disorder, PTSD. I forget which prior guest said that, but I totally have it. Um, this is us. I'm addicted now. And they're like, oh, you're not going to watch that and start crying again, are you? <laughs> this is my boy saying this. But anyway, I was crying on my way to the parking lot and then I hyperventilated for my one and only time ever on my way home because my ego was just shattered. Like, what am I going to do? But it was also 2008. I was doing interior design for schools. The bond issues were failing, so the tax money wasn't coming in to pay for the architects to design the schools. I mean, it just happened. But um, anyway, backing up a little bit earlier in your story, you actually gave me a huge aha moment. And I didn't intend for this to be a promo for Kim episode, but in the interior design world, I one of the favorite, most favorite parts for me was actually working in AutoCAD and laying out the designs and figuring out how everything was going to work together. 
And while you were talking, I realized that it's such mm-hmm. a parallel to what I do in Infusionsoft on a daily basis. Like I'm laying out the plan. Right. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into something that you said about shiny object syndrome, because Infusionsoft is a great example of how so <laughs> many people can see it. They can see like the big names using it because it says at the bottom of their emails, powered by Infusionsoft. So they think that that's what they have to get. You know, this mm-hmm. is going to be the magic ticket to my success. Mm-hmm. But I know that you've seen it quite differently. So can you jump into that aspect just a little bit? Yeah. And actually this is, you know, this is kind of the conversation that you and I had at the, at the new media summit about choosing the right tools for you and your business. And um, I think there's kind of uh, two syndromes I've, I've found. Uh, one is the aspirational software syndrome, which is, I think, what happens with Infusionsoft is that you see people ahead of you and where you want to be and you see the things that they're using like, oh, if I use that, because um, we're always looking for the, the quick fix, right? If I use that, that's going to help me. Um, the other thing I've seen is the, the shiny object or the squirrel. It's the, oh, this thing does all the, what does this do? Um, I also like to call it the tool drool, you know, and I love AppSumo so much, but at the same time, it is, it just puts a new thing in front of you. Oh, what does this do? How, how could I use it? Oh, that seems cool. I should use that. And what I have learned from all of my years in product development is that if you start with the solution, uh, that's not going to get you what you need. You have to first start with really being very clear about your needs and your priorities. Um, because that's the other thing is, you know, with my dad, he had to write his own software. There were no options. He So he had to develop from, from the ground up what he wanted it to do. Uh, today, we have the opposite problem. There's too many options. There is probably exactly what you need out there, but you're never going to find it unless you stop and first really get clear about what it is you need in your business. And, you know, if you, many of the business owners I work with are not super technology savvy, they don't quite get what the capabilities are. So I have to kind of walk them through. Uh, Forget what you think you know. Think about your business. Think about how you want to serve your clients. Think about how you want to onboard your clients. Think about how you want to interact with your clients. What is it that you need? And what are your priorities? Because that's the other thing is is that we can get really caught up in the, the wish list. Yeah, I need this, but wouldn't it be cool if it, and wouldn't it be cool? So if you get really clear about what your needs are and prioritize them, then it gets a lot easier to find the right solution for your business at this point. There's also the the factor of things change, right? Um, and so I, t- I advise my clients, think 24 months out. What is you, what are your needs set for the next two years? And, you know, at some point it's a bit of a guess, but trying to look at that horizon and understand okay, this is our plan for growth. This is what we're doing. These are how many people. This is our need set. Great. Now now that we're really clear, we can go out and pair that with a technology solution or a set of solutions because honestly, everything's integrating now. So you may not be ready to use all of the things in Infusionsoft. So let's start with you know, active campaign and maybe you need an affiliate program, but it's, it becomes much easier to get your hands around what the right tool is when you know the job you're trying to do with it. Brandy, I don't normally date episodes, but considering this episode is being recorded right before the Thanksgiving holiday in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. Black Friday, and it's being released on Cyber Monday. I can just, I know that I'm going to have clients messaging me, and I'm sure you're going to have clients messaging you, oh, look at this great deal I just got. Can you figure out how to like incorporate it? And especially AppSumo, that one's, it's like a nemesis. I don't know if nemesis is the right word, but 
I have one client in specific. You know, I'm talking to you if you're listening, who will undoubtedly have three or four offers that she's picked up. And mm-hmm. no matter how hard we try to rein the clients in, there's just some who can't get the squirrel or I, I'm just going to abbreviate because, and I know I don't cuss often on here, but ass, ass aspirational software um, syndrome. Yeah. They can't get the squirrel or ass under control. It, it, but seriously, right. don't be one. Just look at, create your business wish list of where you want to be and then backwards engineer it. Right. Yeah. And understand that when a deal is not necessarily a deal, if you don't take into consideration the time and effort it takes to implement it. So, you know, it might be $47 for a lifetime license, which is, you know, super great. I've, I've, you know, there's a couple of things I've bought off of AppSumo that have been more than worth their weight, um, like Q. But if you, if it's not already on your list of things you need, um, then you have to get real, 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 (laughs) real brutally honest about, is it really something you have the time and space for? And if you do buy it and try to implement it, what is that taking away from on your priority list? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up because Infusionsoft is the is so huge in that bucket. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're aware, I think we may have actually, when we were chatting last week, I might have briefly shared this with you. Listeners, if you're considering Infusionsoft, please think about what Brandy just said because they're actually, and this is not a promo to go buy Infusionsoft right now, even though I would love it if you would come to buy from me when you're ready. But they're about to take away the Kickstart fee, which up till now has been about $2,000. Mm-hmm. And they're reducing the subscription, the monthly sub- subscription to $79 a month. So that's opening up the doors to a lot of people who previously couldn't really afford it. But just because the monthly subscription goes down to $79 a month does not mean that you can afford it now. Because the reason I get a lot of my clients is Infusionsoft is synonymous for a lot of people with Confusionsoft. So you end up having to bring in a certified partner or a professional who really knows Infusionsoft and pay them a minimum of hundred, hundred and fifty dollars an hour to get your system up and working. And all those hundred to hundred and fifty dollars an hour, that adds up so fast. Like especially when you're creating something really awesome, which you deserve to have, but not until I mean you but don't do it until you're ready. You can get those same results off of Active Campaign or Convert Kit or any of the others. And you could I think you should always be building your team. However, you can even manage those on your own until you're ready for the big leap. Well, that's when people have come to me and said they're considering Infusionsoft. I'm like, great. So tell me about all the systems that you have in place in your business. And they're like, what? No, really. I I think you're ready to move into Infusionsoft when you have actively put all of the systems in place in your business, either they're like manual checklists or or you've created them in ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign. If you have defined all of your systems, then you're ready for Infusionsoft. But you're going to pay a very, what I like to call the Infusionsoft tax, even though the barrier to entry is now lower. So that barrier to entry being that previous Kickstarter fee and or the, the monthly cost, even though that barrier to entry is lower, there is still a very large investment and a big tax that you're going to pay if you don't already have your systems figured out. You don't want to figure them out with Infusionsoft. You want to figure them out and then be like, okay, now we know how all this works. We're going to use Infusionsoft to add, automate it and put it all in one, one place. Exactly. So 
if you're considering Infusionsoft or any other software, work with somebody like Brandy or me to get your strategy in place well before you make that purchase. Like give yourself, I would say, at least six months. It's like buying your dream car. If you do it smart, unless you've won the lottery, which you, I mean, I still wouldn't recommend. You, you got to plan these things out. Well, I like I like to use, so when I talk to, to potential clients, I talk a lot about, you know, there's a lot of spaghetti on a lot of walls before you get to me because you've cooked a lot of spaghetti and put it on a lot of walls and you've not had anything to sit down and eat. Well, I think of Infusionsoft as like the commercial kitchen. If you've got a recipe, you usually test it at home. You do a small test. You make sure that it's all good. You're going to figure out how to scale that, like how to how to make massive amounts of it before you go rent or buy a commercial kitchen that has all the cool, fancy stuff. But if you don't know what you're doing when you get there, it's going to be a waste. You need to write a blog article about that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that was awesome. And I may have to borrow that and give all credit to Brandy to discuss in the future. Infusionsoft, you know I love you. And I hope I don't lose my certified partner status as a result of what I've already said in this episode. But I'm really just trying to... Our goal is ICPs and Infusionsoft's goal as a company, and I'm not an employee, I just want to make that clear, is to see the the members and the subscribe mm-hmm. success. So we just want to make sure that you're prepared. Now I want to... Let's back that up a little bit earlier in what you were saying about security. Because to me, unless you've got your systems protected and just the basic systems, you shouldn't even be thinking about any purchase. So let's dig into that a little bit. (laughs) Ah, security. Yeah. So um, I have, I wrote a blog article earlier this year uh, on, is your online presence uh, expense or is it an asset? And I've I had a couple of qualifications around that. Basically, you you can't have an asset unless it has a job. Like, what is it doing for you, and and how much are you investing in it, and are you getting are you measuring it? Is there a return on that investment? And now I've added a fourth item, which is is it insured? Basically, are you protecting this asset? And that comes back to you know the website security, and even you know as I've talked to other clients, I'm sure you, Kim, you've had this experience where people come to you and they've had someone create something for them, and they no longer and they don't have access to it directly, either like it's a it's a system or a Facebook page or something. And so this this fourth part about insuring or protecting the liability of this asset. So when it comes to websites, if you've got WordPress, you really have to protect your asset. You need to make sure it's backed up and updated and secured. It's just the name of the game. I like to say with with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that's the same way to apply with Infusionsoft. But when you have a tool that's capable of a lot of things, you have to make sure that you also are protecting that. You're doing the right thing so that you are, are ensuring that asset. Listeners, if you haven't already heard my own story, the weekend after Brandy and I met, actually back in September of 2017, I went to put up my most recent podcast episode on my site and found that none of my sites were accessible. They all had a big 500 error, I think it was. And Mm -hmm. when I called my hosting company, I found out that I had been hacked. Coincidentally, it's a program that I'm launching today, like the day that this episode goes live, the Positive Productivity Pod. I was building the website and had not installed any security on the site. Brandy, I know you like iThemes. That's typically what I use. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the free version is even good. It it gets you something. And a hacker had gotten in. I'm just going to blame it on that site because, again, the security wasn't there. Went into my server 
and deleted all of all of my website files. So not just the pod website, but the Kim Sutton, Sutton Strategic Solutions. And in about, I believe it was probably, I've always said seven, but I think there were probably eight or nine websites in there that were completely Mm. deleted, all the files deleted. And what got worse, and Brandy, you and I have talked about this and I want you to expand, is that I didn't have a backup system in place. The only backup system I had and I didn't even know about it until that point, was that my host had a backup. However, my server was full. So the most recent backup they had was in February. And I asked them to restore it, but it took them so long that by because my server was suddenly not full, because all the files were deleted, a week later, my backup, my backup was overwritten oh. by a more recent backup. So I lost no. all of all of my I want this to happen files. to anybody. Listeners, I don't I will, want this to happen. I, I, like, it sucks all the breath out, out of me when you originally told me that that happened. I'm like, no, yeah, and I'm, Kim, no. Here we are, what, two months later? And I am still not restored. Mm-hmm. I have three quarters. No, not even three quarters. Because I have maybe 40 podcast episodes up. I'm putting all the most recent ones up. And then I'm slowly, my team and I are slowly backloading the old ones. Listeners, mm-hmm. if you're going through this, archive.org is, Brandy, I think you even recommended that to me. It has records of, they have cached files of websites. So you can go in, you can get blog mm-hmm. blog articles and individ- the copy for individual web pages and like all the podcast transcriptions and everything that we didn't have stored anywhere else. But we're having to do it slowly because we can't abandon everything else that we're working on. So thecamsutton.com, while it may look good at first glimpse, and like three quarters of the content is missing. And then the pods, just- you know, I've had to rebuild that. So it's two months later and I'm not even a tenth of the way there yet. What would what do you recommend? Where do people need to start here? So, um, so after that, and then I went and I did an analysis of the rest of the podcasters' websites, and eighty percent of them were using WordPress, which isn't surprising. Which is about forty three sites, and only five of those sites were just from looking on the outside completely secured. And I like I can't even tell if you have a backup just looking from the outside, but I can tell if you're running an old WordPress version or if you have some plugins out of date. Not all plugins, but there's some plugins you can see. If you're if if I can see users, if I can see users, that's probably an indication you don't have a security plugin. So yeah, only five of those 43 sites were what I would consider secure, and I can't even tell if they had backups. So I put together sort of this practicing safe WordPress. Here are the three steps to practicing safe WordPress. One, you have to have a plan B, which is backup. And a backup is not an actual backup if it's still stored on your hosting server because of what happened to Kim. Because hosts are, you know, they do the best job they can, but sometimes stuff happens and it's beyond their control. So if you have a backup, it should be stored someplace that is not your hosting account. Um, When we manage client sites, we take those backups and they're stored on Amazon S3. You can store it on Dropbox. You can store it on Google Drive. You can download it. I don't care. It just needs to be somewhere in your control that's not the hosting server. So that's number one, plan B. Uh, Number two is choose your protection. So iTheme security is great. They've got the free version, which will do it. WordFence. I use, for our clients, we use a combination of iTheme Security Pro and WordFence. together because we lock it down like Fort Knox. But you need a a WordPress security plugin, not because WordPress itself is insecure, but it adds some additional functionality and removes all of the default settings because WordPress tries to make it easy to use. So when you install it, 
it sets a lot of things in default, which is fine, except for those are then known by all the hackers. And so if you leave everything default, they have known places on your website to hook into. So using a WordPress security plugin just helps you not use those default. It adds extra security layers like limiting login attempts, and it just basically helps put the lock down on your site. Now, if you're using managed WordPress hosting, like if you're hosted with WP Engine or some of the other managed WordPress hosts, they don't allow those because they're taking care of that for you. I like to say that your your web host is the neighborhood you're building your website in. So your your house is your website, your host is your neighborhood. So where you're choosing to build your house really will determine how many bars you need on your windows. So if you're in WP Engine, that's like the nice gated neighborhood where there's a security guard driving around all the time. If you're at other hosts, the ones that have just more shared hosting that aren't really monitoring it, it's kind of like building your house in the projects. You probably are going to want to have bars on your windows and security systems. So that's, you know, the level of security you need to think about when you're choosing your protection. And then number three is regular checkups. So you need to be updating WordPress and your plugins and your theme. You need to be in there at least once a week if you're doing it yourself because updates happen all the time. Sometimes the updates are functionality, but most of the time the updates are bug fixes and security fixes. And and there's a way to figure out how much of a change this update is by looking at the version number. So WordPress I think is on 4.9 now. Um, but it was on 4.8.3. So four is the major version number, and then the 0.8 is the minor, and then there's another point. So if that third number changes, that's a very minor release. It doesn't necessarily add any functionality. They're just fixing stuff. And so that's usually very low risk. Um, If it's a change to the second number, that's a bit more significant, but usually, again, fairly low risk. If the first number changes, that's a major version change. And so... Those are the kind of version changes you may want to sort of wait on, um, see what's going on, just make sure you've got backups. So those are my three steps to practicing safe WordPress. I want to add a fourth, but maybe it's a a, a (laughs) (laughs) 3.0.2. And it's a sanity saver. When you're using WordPress, you should also be using a child theme because Mm. when those updates happen... You do not want to have to contact your developer to redo any custom coding that they did on the site. And I fell victim to that. I probably went three and a half years without using child themes and I would get so frustrated because I was doing it all myself. Oh, no. So, yeah, there's a what I will call a right way to customize WordPress. Um, A child theme is a great way to do it. What themes nowadays are um, are getting better, and even WordPress has evolved into um, trying to help you customize the right way. So the wrong way to do it is to modify theme files directly. If you go in and write to your um, your style.css or your functions.php file in your main theme files, those changes are not going to stick. They're just not because they're going to get overwritten. Um, the right way is to either use a child theme, which is great, or most of the the quality themes these days are giving you places in the theme options to add your own custom CSS or header or footer or, or even some PHP code. The other way that you can do it is you can also write, if you want to make changes that would otherwise go in the functions.php file, and you and like a child theme seems daunting, you can also write your own plugin. And legitimately writing a plugin is one line of code 
to quote unquote rather plugin, and then you can pop in your the thing that you would have otherwise put in the functions.php file, and you have your own plugin. Um, there's there's a right way to modify WordPress and there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to modify theme files directly. Thank you. I wish I had talked <laughs> to you like seriously five years ago when I started the business, four years ago when I was building my first WordPress site. Because I did start with one of those website in a weekend type of packages from a company that we won't mention. But on that note, I do you were mentioning the gated community hosting versus the yeah. projects. Yes. Um, that's such a great way of putting it because what happened to me was that I was on a shared server. Mm-hmm. Even though my one website that I had at that time wasn't taking up much bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm using the right expression. My website was going down quite often yeah. because mm-hmm. other sites yeah. on the server mm-hmm. that didn't even belong to me were sucking all the juice away from my site. So then I moved. You just Sometimes you need to move to a you might not be able to move to the, the gated community quite yet, but get to a nicer neighborhood. I actually wrote a blog article on this. Um, there are shared hosts who are sort of actually more like a hybrid. So they're not plain Jane shared hosting, um, but they're not full managed WordPress. So SiteGround is an example of one of these sort of hybrids where their hosting plans are shared hosting, but the way that they are structured and and the services they offer. So I've got a Go Geek plan with them, which gives me staging capabilities for sites. It has some if I want if I need it to apply an SSL certificate, it's literally three clicks to get the certificate and apply it to the site and make sure that everything gets changed on the site to point to HTTPS. Um, they just have some really great tools that are part of shared hosting. And and it's not crazy expensive. Like I said, it's sort of the the hybrid middle ground. They also have very good technology and the way that they they set up their shared hosting separates things. So you don't experience that, oh, somebody else is sitting on the server and draining the resources. So when you go shopping for a neighborhood, a web host, uh, it's good to educate yourself on the types that are out there so that you can make the right decision for your house. I like how you said it's not very expensive because it, it sparked something in me, like sometimes we can't necessarily think about the cost. Mm-hmm. And listeners, this specific section about website security, I want you to consider this in a completely different light from our earlier discussion about Infusionsoft and all of that. Sometimes it's worth the added investment <laughs> to get to the better neighborhood. Because like in my case, if I had made the investment in security, I wouldn't have nine sites down right now. And the the cost, and I'm not going to say the investment, the cost of getting all those up is going to be huge compared to if I had just spent a nominal fee of getting the security up in the first place in the backup system. But I looked at it as a cost and not an investment. And I'll kick myself in the butt for that. If you are listening to this episode or if it sparks in your head further down the road and you have a big disaster in your own company and with your websites... I want you to contact Brandy right away before you make a purchase. Yes. Because I'm not going to mention who I signed up with for security, but my host said to me that if I wanted to get my sites restored, then I needed to talk to this company and get my websites cleared of any malware and any of that. What I didn't realize was that I was signing up for a yearly contract, which I can't get out of. And it's not necessarily the best. I'm not saying it's not a great company. I'm going to leave their name totally out of this. But I wouldn't have signed up for an annual contract if I had known all my options that were out there. 
So thekimsutton.com forward slash PP190, just store that in the back of your brain so that when you need this, you can come back and get Brandy's contact info. Well, and hopefully you are going to go and, and at least make sure you've got a backup and make sure that you've got a security plugin. Um, I really want you to also update your website, but like make sure that you have those things. And if you don't feel comfortable, then, you know, reach out and, and get some resources. And because like, I'm going to start offering a workshop on doing this so that you, I'm going to give you the plugins and, and I'll walk you through getting them set up because I get it. You know, it can kind of be intimidating. You're not sure. <clears throat> it feels like a lot of work. Sometimes insurance is not sexy. Like, oh, but this isn't going to add anything to my website. No, but it will protect you from losing it. And the, the anguish and heartache and rebuilding, like just take the moment, take the time to invest in a good house with the appropriate security system for the neighborhood you've chosen. I love how you said that. Insurance is not sexy at all. but. No. It's not. Um, let me just think, probably about four years ago, my family and I were living in actually a rent controlled apartment complex. And we got back from church one morning and there were police, uh, police and fire trucks all over. And these were townhouse rows. So in our row of townhouses, so there were probably eight to 10 units all attached, just three doors down from ours a mom was doing um, her laundry and there ended up being a mm. fire in the in the dryer vent and her her whole apartment went up in flames thankfully she got out her she got her kids out but everything was lost and she didn't oh. have renters insurance insurance is not sexy but whether it's for your apartment or your house i mean i think, yeah. I think homeowners insurance is required um, car insurance those we we know why we need to have those but what we're talking about today with the backups and the, the security for your website if you are running your business online these are just as critical as any of those other three like insurances that we have and and health insurance depending on where we live you know health insurance let's just not even go there right now but yeah absolutely and going back to your workshop, I don't know, listeners, if you picked up on the fact that Brandy said that she is offering a workshop and she is giving you as a member the plugins. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Brandy, please? For sure. For sure. Um, so this is like you mentioned, Kim, this is one of the objections is that, um, you know, premium plugins cost money. And um, the ones that I use are about $80 a year a piece. And I'm happy to pay that. Like I have a developer license, but I get that sometimes that feels Daunting. So um, as part of this workshop, as part of your workshop fee, I am including a year license of the iThemes Security Pro and the iThemes um, Backup Buddy, because I find that these ones have been the best user experience. Um, Backup Buddy not only gives you great backups, but I've restored a site in under 15 minutes with using Backup Buddy. So it, like the ability to not only have a backup, but use the backup, because that's why it's there. So that's why I'm including those with the workshop, because then I can show you exactly how to get them all set up. I know you have quality software and, and it will be updated and it's from a reliable source. So yeah, I thought it was really important if I was going to offer this workshop about securing your WordPress site, that it included the tools that we would need. I am so embarrassed to say I mean, I now have access to Backup Buddy through Brandy, but I have not taken the two minutes to install it yet. <gasps> How horrible is that? Okay, we have to stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Kim has to go install Backup Buddy. 
Um, I'm actually putting mm. a note in my Trello right now that that needs to be done as soon as I get off. But there are so many things going on in our life every single day and in our business. The clients can wait two minutes if it means that your website assets or if, you, if it means your digital assets are secured. Yeah. Yes. Because um, the, the, other, uh, the other unfortunate part about getting your website hacked and having to rebuild besides ugh, create, recreating the content and all of that other yucky stuff is that the goodwill that you've built up with Google um, is dissipating. If it's getting 404 errors and the content's not there and the stuff that it crawled before is no longer there. Also, if you get hacked and Google finds it, then you have to go get unlisted as a bad site with Google. There's just this sort of avalanche, you know, snowball effect that happens when something bad happens to your website. And some of those effects you may not actually see until later when you're like, well, why is my organic search traffic way down? Well, that that blog post that was so popular is no longer there. So Google can't send traffic to it, got a 404 and you got pull off the page. That is such a valid point. I mean, I was getting most of my traffic from Pinterest for an article that I had posted. And that article, now that I think about it, is not one of the articles that's been restored. Okay, so that goes to the top of the list. Uh-huh. And then I had I used Meet Edgar, mm-hmm. which, Brandy, I don't know if you know, but Edgar now has an affiliate program. Ooh, yeah, very cool. As of last week. So yes, listeners, there will be an affiliate link just to be in full transparency. But Edgar was fully loaded with all my blog articles, a good majority of my podcast episodes, and all my lead magnets. And it is no longer, it, it's paused. Mm-hmm. My queue is paused because the content is not mm. back up yet. So looking at my Google Analytics, oh, it's painful seeing that traffic go down for the last two months. However, if for nothing else, it was a learning experience, which we can now be talking to you about today, listeners, to tell you exactly why you need to take these steps. Brandy, I just want to thank you so much for not only coming on today, but coming back for the second time due to tech glitches. I actually think that this this chat was even more powerful than the first one. I think it was just how it was supposed to be. Where can listeners find you online, connect, and, well, en- enlist your support? So um, you can find me at fieryfx.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Um, I also I do quite a bit of speaking. So, you know, I, I get out and speak to groups. But yeah, all of my blog content and um, getting access to my programs and, and other things I offer, you can find me at fieryfx.com. And that's F-I-E-R-Y-F-X.com, right? F-X. Yep, that's okay, right. Okay, great. Listeners, if you're driving, if you're away from your computer right now and you just can't pull it up, you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP190, where you will get a whole list of all of the ways that you can contact Brandy, as well as a list of everything that we've talked about today and eventually the transcript. But that is on hold until all my sites are restored. (laughs) Yeah. Prioritizing. Brandy, thank you so much again for joining us. Do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners before we go? Um, I think when it comes to digital decisions, always take a moment consider your where you're at, um, where you want to invest your time, and what kind of support you would need to make the most of whatever you're about to decide to do. Uh, I think that that 
can help you make the better decisions of building the foundation of your business. So later when you come to me or you come to Kim and you want to add an addition to this house that we don't have to revisit the foundation. So yeah, just taking that moment and being like, okay, where am I? Does this fit my need set? Is this fit into the plans I have laid? Is this the right priority for me? Just taking that moment uh, before you make a digital decision can help you go down the right path and not, not have to backtrack so, so often. 